Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 44 of the Rewind. We are back for another weekly trip down the MMO rabbit hole to recap all the news, views, and discussions about Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, the upcoming MMORPG by Visionary Realms. It's a show that brings the voices of the community front and center, and uh, whether that's through Twitter or official forums or any other place people are talking about Pantheon. I mean, heck, if you know a street corner where people are hanging out and chatting about the game, let us know and we'll go and bring you that too. So uh, we always have some fun too by reading lore and sharing war stories from MMO's past and answering some listener questions, of course. And as always, I'm joined by my uh, friend, a man who's never at a loss for words, my co-host, my comrade in arms, Minus. How are you, dude? What's up? I'm doing all right. Uh, crazy start to the night here, though, right? I mean, uh, yeah. geez, uh, get home, no power. And it's like, it's a sizable gated community I live in, and it's just dark. Like, everything is dark. I'm just <laughs> driving around, and I'm like, it's like Silent Hill here. It's like, like the purge. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, like the purge. <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not even thinking like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it must be power outage. And I walk into my house, sure enough, everything's out, you know, and I'm so I just sit on my couch I'm like, oh, great. So I look up like a newsletter for the community and they're like, oh, it's been out since five o'clock. And I'm like, well, is that a good or bad thing? Like, it's been a long time. This is not good. Or, <laughs> you know, maybe it's close to being done. Right. Is it half glass full? You know, whatever. <laughs> um, so then it kicks on. But the funny part is, is all my house is automated, like all of it. So the lights kick on and all the lights start flashing rainbow colors. And what that means for anyone who uses LifeX light bulb is that they're reset. <laughs> and it's it's a disaster, Theric, to get this stuff up and running again. <laughs> like it's literally a nightmare. Um, you have to remove them from the cloud, create a new cloud, rename them. You don't know what light is going to flash when oh you set God. it up. It's And so like it all kicked on and I don't have any internet. So like every light in my house is on at a hundred percent bright white. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it goes from like pitch black dark to like blinding. <laughs> you can see your house from space now. Is that yeah, what you're saying? It was like Griswold's house, um, but from the <laughs> <Yeah>. inside. <laughs> <laughs> nice aren't you supposed to just be able to like voice command that stuff like, if you have internet well, okay yeah i didn't right. have internet <laughs> so so the power came on but the internet was still down it, it what a nightmare what a freaking nightmare but we're sort of back up and running i have a majority of the lights turned off i can see in my house we got my network drives back up and it looks like we're going to be able to record the rewind so that's a positive yeah, yeah, no, it was looking a little sketchy there for a while, but we are gonna we're gonna get it done. Um, that's great. I'm glad to hear you're back online. Um, and uh, I made a I made an executive decision here with the with the intro and how we're gonna talk about the uh, folks who donate to the show every week. I decided that the listeners uh, should get something for their generosity. And um, going forward, what we're gonna do is anyone who donates gets to pick their pantheon race in class and join the party for the week. So, hmm. so last week we had four listener donations um, and I did a little research. And so we're going to say a big thank you to Sparrow, the elf druid, Bounty Code, the human paladin, Lucille, the gnome enchanter, and annoying llama, the human monk. So if you choose to donate this week, just include that information like your race and class uh, for Pantheon in your in the chat during the premiere, or you can also DM it to me on Discord and we can add you to the, uh, add you to the party for next week. But um, maybe we yeah. should think of some kind of cool like interface uh, that we can put up or a graphic that I can make that has like the party listing yeah, um, that plays for the video. 
That'd be kind of yeah. cool, right? So work yeah, in progress. Could- I just came up with that as we're recording. This is honestly sometimes on the fly. A lot of this is on the fly, actually. <laughs> so uh, don't hold me to exactly when that's going to happen, but maybe we'll get a little interface that's up in the corner under the rewind that's like the party. Yeah. Um, that'd be kind of cool, totally like a party frame. Yep. Yeah, I was, I was thinking we can develop this. We can, we can sort of develop this as we go, but um, just a little yeah. fun thing to do. So uh, yeah, so with, the, with those folks, and we thank them for their support, as always. We have the four of them and the two of us. So Minus and I, we have a full party, man. Are you uh, ready to buff up, head into the dungeon? Yeah, I'm kind of getting exciting about all this stuff. Like, I want to talk more about it. But if I do, we, we will have the longest show that ever existed. So we'll have to chat yeah. offline more. So <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, let's have at it. This week in Visionary Realms News and Notes. All right, so let's talk about VR and social media. We'll talk about their Twitter uh, questions for the week. We have two of them. The first one is community debate. You finished building a group for a dungeon. Started making your way in relatively deep, and someone bails without a word. What do you do? Write the person down on your naughty list? What would you do in that situation and why? So the interesting part about this is we had two uh, streaming celebrities actually uh, throw in their two cents here. So feature them and then some of the community. So the first one, everyone knows Coke Carnage. He's one of the biggest streamers in the world, one of the most consistent guys out there, and obviously a huge backer to Pantheon. Um, he says, I'd add him to my friends list. Try to get the full story next time they're on. Was it an emergency? Unexpected real life event? Just didn't want to do it? And based on that response, it's either totally cool or I'll never group with them again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's happened to him several times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lexer jumped in. He says, I work on a three strike system. Strike three, I consider unreliable, disreputable, and or toxic. <laughs> I want nothing more to do with you. <laughs> I do my best to act as if others work the same way. So I always give a warning or an explanation when I can or ASAP and find my own uh, rep when possible. So it tries to get in touch. Nice. Um, Basgram says, eh, if it's the first time they've done that, you never know why someone might need a bail. Maybe they got wife aggro or something. LOL. Still kind of impolite to not say anything, but I don't sweat it. Just find someone else and keep going. It's weird. Like, we always have these very nice people, right? All these <laughs> well, chances. Yeah. I, I told you, yeah. the Pantheon community is a special one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nathan Napalm was on here as well. He says, I usually assume something major happened in real life, but I have a great memory on player names and behaviors. So if it keeps happening, I will remember. And this would eventually lead to me not wanting to invite this person after a repeated history of abandoning their party. <laughs> the, naughty, the naughty list with Nathan. Yeah, well, what's funny about that is, do you remember Nathan's story about when he stopped playing the one game and his friend told everybody he died? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, right? Um, so Ange S uh, says, I probably make a note of their name and ask them if everything's all right at a later date. They may have a legitimate reason. Sometimes that's how lasting relationships are formed. Community does matter, even an individual. Great question, VR. So again, really nice, right? And that's a Mm -hmm. good point about relationships, right? Maybe that one conversation about what the heck happened leads to who knows what. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's a good community, very understanding. (laughs) Yeah, Drac's on here. And Drac, uh, one of our uh, fellow Pantheon Plusers, he says, unless it's a friend or a guildmate, I give him about five minutes and then just move on. I'd like to think that I keep my do not group list, but I can't even remember my groceries my wife told me to get, much less who bailed on me three nights ago. <laughs> so yeah. so, so Drac has a bad memory. You can bail on him all you want. Don't worry. The next day, he's your best friend. It's like that um, <laughs> 51st day. Yeah, memento. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you got to write it down and 
on his Drac arm. Drac has tattoos of all the people who have abandoned him. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. We gotta Photoshop that somewhere. Yeah, like tattoo like names across his head on his anime character that we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good. Uh, Toad Man Bear says, uh, first, you got to assume that they've been plotting this for months. It all started when they read one of your PA posts. After days of scheming, they finally achieved the perfect opportunity, an invite to your group, just to Houdini and re-roll to laughing in the shadows. (laughs) I love that sarcasm, man. That is that is well constructed. Well done, dude. Sarcasm. I thought that was a good story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we also were greeted by another uh, big time streamer celebrity it's awesome to see them following uh, Pantheon here so Tally um, who's a huge World of Warcraft streamer Um, he says we have in quotes the book where we physically write down their name in a small black book of death (laughs) so don't don't get in Tally's black book yeah right don't mess up guys yeah Mm -hmm. Nazi Dragon says, probably write them on my naughty list. Unless something literally exploded, you can say type a quick reason why you have to bail. Literally had someone in my Among Us lobby just went, be right back. I think someone's breaking into my house. That's some serious (laughs) stuff. At least they said something, LOL. (laughs) If somebody's breaking into your house, I mean, you you will will forgive that one. Or if you hear an explosion, um, you know. Probably, probably forgive that one too. If you hear the explosion, you just start yelling at them. Use push to talk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Somebody mute him. <laughs> mute him. What? What the heck? Is that fire? That's funny. Yeah. And then uh, finally, new guy. He says, realistically, I'll never run into them again. <laughs> just kind of in modern MMOs, it's pretty true. Yeah. He says, yeah. but if I had an avoid list, they'd be on it. Sounds harsh, but they've wasted my time. And if the game is to punish everyone, and the game is usually built to punish everyone when a player leaves, like WoW, for instance, which is so true, right? Like someone leaves, it's just everybody's screwed. <laughs> like it yeah. sucks, yeah. especially if it it's is. a healer or a tank. Like, right? I know. Like, I know. It's the worst. So I know you are a great community member. You're a really nice guy. Uh, what is, I imagine I know where you're going with this. So, so what do you think? Yeah. You know, I, it's one of the most annoying things, right? It just, it reminds me of when uh, we would go on road trips with our kids and you get everything packed up. Everything's, the car's all packed, got gassed up, you know, everybody's set and you're off and you're 10 minutes into like a, you know, day trip or something like that. The kids say, I have to pee. Right. So it's like, <laughs> oh, you just gotta, it feels like such a setback, right? You gotta find a gas station. You gotta pull over the whole routine and it's, it's a buzzkill. I think that's sort of the feeling I get when this happens. So if you think about it like that, you know, you don't let that minor setback sort of ruin your good time. You don't cancel the trip. You don't get upset. You know, don't leave your kid at the gas station, something like that. You don't, you know, all the anger is not going to do anything. So you just got to problem solve it, right? So if, if somebody bails on you when you're in a dungeon like this, of course, like everybody said, they get that brief window of, you know, to get back online if their internet dropped or something. But if it was a willful bail, you know, we just adjust. You make plans. Um, you have to, you know, change what you're doing. Maybe you're what you're pulling or how you're strategizing your class and how you're sort of managing things. Um, you know, in terms of consequences for the person, I think that's where reputation comes in. And I add the person, like everybody else said, I would add them, you know, um, to a list, uh, whether it's my friends list or whatever. And next time they log on, you know, if, if, if I reach out to them and say like, what happened, you know, and they don't get a response, you know, I know that they just bailed 
then I just, I just, you have to spread that around. You have to tell people, okay, don't come, don't group with this person, you know, tell the guild you're in, make them aware of that kind of thing. And, you know, when you get that leaving without a word sort of thing, that's the problem, right? If you yeah. have something's going on, just say something, you know, just say, yeah, it. just say something. It's, yeah. Now, really, 90% really of easy. the world's problems could be like, just explain yourself. Take a second, yeah. take a second to respect the situation. Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten uh, into this sense of anonymity and sort of consequence-free behavior. It's like the last person said that a new guy said, you know, um, probably you'll never run into them again. That's the idea. That's the mentality is that we have that mentality. So that yeah. that's the leads to that kind of stuff. So if you think I might see this person again, or if you're the person who has to leave and you're thinking it's too hard for me to just say something, I'm just going to ditch. Then remember, you might actually run into these people again and you might so, need them for something. So the real question though, Theric, is I know you've talked in the past about having like papers and stuff around where you play or taking notes from time to time, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, old yeah. School. do you have like a, a piece of paper with some names on it anywhere? Or did you ever do no. that? Did you, did you ever have your little, maybe it wasn't a black book, but maybe the, the page of sorrow. <laughs> the page of sorrow. I might, I might have a page of sorrow. I don't know if it's got names on it, but it might be something else. But uh, no, I, I don't actually. I don't because I haven't played. Um, I haven't played a game where that sort of been um, something that I've had to worry about for quite a while. So maybe yeah. back in the day, I might have. I might have kept it like uh, kept a text file or something, a notepad file on my desktop. I don't know. But it's um, funny. Going I'm going to buy sure. you like I'm going to send you like a book with like an elf on it. And it's just going to, I'm going to like write with a big Sharpie on the front, the book of sorrow, just have it sitting by <laughs> jot all the should. notes down of like the betrayals, the times <laughs> all that, the people who betrayed me, <laughs> <laughs> all the times, all the bad times I was with minus in a dungeon. He went stealth. I followed him. I forgot. I didn't have stealth. Minus is an asshole. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, th- that's already happened once already. So, know. you know, that's, that's, that's already happened it. once. Yeah. It's a good, that's a good one. Should go yeah. in there. If someone doesn't explain themselves at all, I'm going to be upset. And I get that internet could maybe have dropped. So I will apologize for my being upset. I will be the bigger man if I messed up in being upset. Like if someone's like, oh, sorry, my internet went out, right? Like obviously like tonight. But if Mm. if they make no attempt to reach me and, and like in this day and age, like you can get on Discord in your phone, right? It's like if your internet goes out, you can still get on your phone and be like, hey, my power went out. If if I don't hear, if they, if we set up a group and it's this big thing, and especially if we're waiting for that person and they get there, they're like 10 minutes in or five minutes in, they just drop for no reason. I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mad. I I will give them the ability to make me unmad and I will apologize. So I'll give them that, but I'm mad in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough not to be mad. It's, it's a frustration thing, especially when it takes you a while to get things set up. You know, like that's what I'm saying. The car trip sort of uh, analogy is. It's just frustrating, right? But you, you can't, um, you got to deal with it in that moment. And it's like, yeah, it's like I said, it's just whenever that happens, if that situation comes up and you're that person, think I probably am going to see these people again. <laughs> you know, like it's not, yeah. you're not anonymous. You're not, uh, you're not just uh, blowing in the wind. You know, people will know who you are. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Um, the next topic here was who would win? It's such a weird way that Kilson worded this. And I'll explain, I think, how it ended up playing out. But he said, who would win, a cash shop or a gold farmer? (laughs) And why? (laughs) And even putting like parentheses, a bit of fun with a touchy subject. (laughs) So so, I saw this question. I wasn't, I didn't like it at first. I thought it was dumb. But then I, once I started thinking about my answer, I really like this question. (laughs) You'll see why. 
Awesome. So um, basically what this came down to is which one will destroy a game first? <laughs> it's like what that was interpreted as. So the first one here is uh, Zendros, and he says, gold farmers will destroy a game much faster due to their effect on the economy. Um, basically, uh, real money transactions is annoying, uh, but it has no bearing on gameplay systems, provided they don't offer stats, shortcuts, or much better character customization that's offered in the game. So he's yeah. he's leaning towards the gold farmers. Uh, right. JJ Padaria says, I said his name wrong, Piedra. He he made fun of me. He's like, oh, great. My name's going to be said wrong. I said, I'm just going to say JJ, but I did JJ. it wrong. JJ <laughs> Piedra. Um, he said, outside the box theory, the cash shop, because Gold Farmer is selling gold to buy things from the cash shop. <laughs> <laughs> he connected them. I like that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, gas from Gas Stream says the cash shop. Gold Farmers can be banned. Cash shops are great. If you want to remove all sense of accomplishment from a game for a quick buck. So mm -hmm. little gloom and doom there. <laughs> yeah, I, hear, I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> you guys. Uh, Disposalist chimed in. He said, if you're meaning which one would cause Pantheon's fans to explode, heads to explode more quickly or with greater ferocity, then it would be a tie. To be decided via the ultimate grudge cage death battle royal with instancing fast travel, flying mounts, kill stealing, and global auctions. Wow. Went all out there. He's kind of he's kind of on the idea that I had with this, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll take that a little further when I talk about it. All right. Uh Drax says gold farmers. They always sell chrono cheaper than the cash shop. <laughs> <laughs> Drac, he, he knows EverQuest so well <laughs> he does he really does um odd bunny says uh gold farmers nothing more infuriating than seeing lines of avatars running in a line than swarming quest mob areas so it's impossible to complete quests he says quit playing a few mmos for that reason it's a widespread issue but some games are straight up ruined by it it's yeah. interesting he brought up that aspect. I'm just thinking of the gold itself. But yes, watching gold farmers is so frustrating. You see, like, they're all macro <laughs> together somehow. And there's, like, 50 of them just running around, like, almost on top of each other. It's yeah. I hate it. It's kind of funny in a way. It does make me laugh sometimes when I see it. In ESO, I used to see it quite a bit. And uh, it, it always made me laugh when you just see the <laughs> sort of bots, you know, running around. I always try to like do something to disrupt them and mess them up. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do actually. Yeah. And then some games, like they found ways to like teleport to and from stuff, like through bugs mm -hmm. and hacks and stuff. And they would just teleport to like mining notes and stuff. It's crazy. Crazy. I know. And just watch like 15 mages in WoW teleport to a mining note. Like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Carryborn says, uh, uh, if we're talking about what ruins a game, I'm going to go with gold farmers. I've always been part of the camp that a cash shop, if well done, does nothing but add the game, add to the game and give options and options are good. Gold farmers can crazily mess up the economy. And if not dealt with fast, the economy will really struggle to recover. And that pushes a lot of people away compared to a cash shop that again is done well, just gives extra avenues for cosmetics, which a lot of people care for. Ooh, Interesting. How about, how about that, Theric? Yep, that's a different take. <laughs> that's a yep. different take. Yep. <laughs> Snakey Cake says, I have never once stopped playing a game because of Gold Farmer bots. However, I have stopped playing many games and MMOs because of shady cash shop shenanigans, such as you have a 
0.00001% chance of looting the only worthy item in this store chest. <laughs> I hear you, Snakey. I'm right there with you. You got you have a ranger uh, ally forever there, Snakey. Yes. Rabbery says cold farmers attract third party real money transactions, uh, economy imbalance and in-game spam. Gotta hate that spam. He says mm-hmm. if by win you mean piss people off and ruin a player base, gold farmers win. The spam is definitely one that I it, can't take. It would almost be weird to be in a game where you didn't see gold farmer spam. It's become so like expected, <laughs> right? That that block, that wall of text, you know, with all the symbols and words that don't sort of fit together, you know? <laughs> it's like Are funny. you saying that you're okay with gold spam? Is that what you're saying? You've just become so immune to it that it's all right. I, I, I don't because it doesn't like impact me like in the instant, you know, like I know it's yeah. bad for games, obviously, but in the instant, it doesn't really yeah. like affect me all that much. But yeah, it's funny. All right. Sinful by nature says cash shop depends on its contents. Does it circumvent the grind? Does it make things pretty? If the income goes directly to getting more expansions and content, then I would want the cash shop to win. He's looking at this a little different, like which one's better. Right. He says, as far as what could ruin economy in the game faster, again, depending on the contents of the cash shop. More than likely the cash shop. This guy's kind of agreeing with you. He gave it a little bit of a chance. He's like, mm-hmm. maybe it's okay, kinda, but it's it probably still the out. cash shop. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the interesting thing here, and I put mm-hmm. this in later after I'd already kind of set up the script and kind of decided which way I wanted to go with some of this, is that Kilson responded. Uh, and I, I have to read this. He says, listen, gold farmers still exist in many games today, new and old, because people were kind of complaining that it's up to the developers to get rid of gold farmers. Um, he said they are extremely hard to stop. So to say that it's 100 percent up to us is pretty naive. We will try to ban as many as we can, but players contribute to selling of gold, too, which is true. And cash ops can be managed without pay to win items. So Kilson, if he had to pick, you know, he's not saying it directly, but. Sounds yeah. like he's saying cash shops a little bit better than gold farmers. Yeah, he is definitely. Um, and he's right. hundred percent. If there's no demand, there's no supply, right? If people weren't buying yeah. gold, then the gold farmers, the gold sellers wouldn't be there. I mean, that's, that's, there's no arguing around that. So and if there weren't people like minus buying stuff in this cash shop, then it <laughs> wouldn't be a cash shop. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I, you said that. I wasn't even thinking that, but you're right. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. You're right. hundred <laughs> percent. Listen, I just, I just want to look pretty. I just want to look well, pretty. So I know you're ready for this one. Have at it. I'm ready. Okay. So I'm going to answer this question with a story. So just lend me your ear here for a brief moment. I want you to envision an arena from the days of the gladiators. Is this, it's, it's, is this it's my cash? own parts. Okay. It's, this is Theric's made up rewind lore. <laughs> the perception of Theric moves forward. That's right. This is the next evolution of it. So I want you to envision an arena from the days of the gladiators of ancient Rome. And we are the Pantheon community seated in the Colosseum. It's a beautiful day. The arena is full of enthusiastic fans ready to watch two gladiators fight to the death. You can hear the roar of the crowd and the dust and the dirt swirling up from the ground and the blazing sun beating down on the combatants. We're cheering, we're drinking, we're ready for a good fight. So enter the sweaty, half-naked gold farmer. He runs into the arena and follows a set path from one side to the other and back again. You see fear on his expression as as he realizes there's no items, there's no resource notes to be farmed in the area. In fact, he stops intermittently at various places, almost as if his movements are scripted. A fan yells insults at him from the stands, but he doesn't respond. It's almost like he can't hear the words. 
And when he does speak, it's the same phrase shouted over and over again with promises of quick delivery for anyone who rescues him from his foe. <laughs> on the other side of the arena is the cash shop. Predatory hunter preys on the wealthy, the vain, and the ignorant. The cash shop stands tall in its sparkling over-the-top armor, particle-effect-laden sword. The warrior's so bright, it obscures the fact he's actually clad in rags and wielding a kitchen knife. With a snap of his fingers, the cash shop summons a dragon mount, soars high into the air. He shouts, gaze upon my brilliance, pathetic gold farmer. I need not your gold. I have something far more valuable. I have the power of plastic, which is I have shaped into this rectangular cart, and this power I have named Visa. All obey, kneel before your one true god. So the cash shop swoops down on the frightened gold farmer, who in response screams, cheap gold, cheap gold, and runs from the diving dragon mount. But the cash shop won't be denied. The two clash, and an explosion rocks the Colosseum, killing all the spectators, leaving nothing but a smoldering crater. And in the crater are the cash shop and the gold farmer. They're bruised, but they're alive. And they realize they're not enemies, but they're actually allies. They walk away, hand in hand, off to find the next arena for their performance. So you ask me who wins in a gold farm between a gold farmer and a cash shop when they're allowed to exist? They both win, and the community loses. So there you go. That's my <laughs> my performance of the night. <laughs> How do I follow that up? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. What you got? <laughs> I'll just say, I think I agree. The most annoying thing is the uh, spam chat. So I'm going to go uh, cash shops way better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I would rather a window pop up that I can close once every time I log in <laughs> instead of trying to talk to somebody in chat and be like, oh, hold on, let me block this guy. And the, the text is so long. I have to like try to find their name. And when I scroll up, it's not there. So I have to make my window bigger and click on their name and hit ignore. And by the time I figure that out, all of a sudden there's a new one doing it. And the name is like one letter difference. I'm like, I could have swore I blocked you. And then you look at your block list and it's full because you've blocked 500 gold spammers (laughs) that all have crazy names. And then there's a jerk that's actually talking that you want to ban, but you can't because you've already blocked all these gold farmers. And you're afraid if you don't like, if you free up that one spot to actually block the one jerk, then they're going to be back and you're going to see it again. It's just a nightmare. Um, It's a nightmare. So I I don't like gold farmers. Have I bought gold? Yes. (laughs) But I still don't like gold farmers. I've never bought gold. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've bought gold. I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's crazy to me. Um, Without getting into like a big rant here, like I've always said, Mm -hmm. we will never tell people how to spend their money, right? Like people say, right. mine is, should I pledge? And my response is, look at the pledges. If there's something in there that you believe in and you want to donate to the cause and there's a package that works well for you and you have the disposable income to do so, then, you know, yeah, by all means, I love being a part of the pledging team, right? But at right. the same time, if that if where it's at and what you want isn't there yet, either wait or if it's not feasible for you to spend your money that way, then don't do it, right? Like. I think that's always been our approach. I think that's the responsible thing. I would never spend other people's money, right? Like I just don't believe in it. So to me, the whole thing is, is that I value time so much. Like I really, really, really do. And spending a couple extra bucks, like to, to get some gold and, and pick up one item that I'm probably going to replace anyway, or to help the guild with like a crafting project or something, or put some money into the guild or into the guild bank so that upgrades or like maybe just buying stuff to get ready for raid is a little easier. 
I'll do it, right? Like, is it going to break the game or give us this huge advantage? No, I'm not that rich. <laughs> but like to just throw a little bit extra in, yeah, I will. And it's and I'm not doing it because I'm trying to use my credit card to win. I'm doing it because like, yeah, it's disposable income. It's going to save us some time. It's going to give us some quality of life, right? And then on the cash yep. shop side, I've told you before, like I've had really awesome moments. Like for Christmas a couple years, I would buy all of our Raiders an in-game pet from the wow right. cash shop. So I'd buy them all a pet they didn't have and they'd get to pick one out. And then for right. all my officers and raid leaders, I'd buy them like a cash shop exclusive mount as like a thank you. It was just a fun way to celebrate the holidays in game. Right. So I don't know. I think as bad as they can all be like, I get it. You know, I, I think again, it comes into a lot of like people spending other people's money. I just don't believe in it. Like if, if I want to spend, you know, more than my monthly sub on a game that I love, I should be able to, I don't know. Yeah. So that's yeah. where my head's at. Personal choice. I get it. I get it. I, I, there's a big value in that. I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. So I don't know. I know that's not going to be popular. Your story was way better. We should have just yeah. ended it there before I talked. But that is it <laughs> for VR news and notes this week. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion is all about. Okay, so as I noted in the intro, I, I'm always on the lookout for interesting conversations, uh, no matter where they're happening, really. Um, and this week, our community discussion comes from YouTube um, by a content creator by the name of uh, Josh Strife Hayes. He does a lot of MMO content, and, and some is better than others. Uh, but this week, he did a really interesting MMO uh, opinion video. It was called, Why Aren't MMOs Fun Anymore? And it, it sounds like something we hear a lot in this community, right? I mean, we, we hear that. Um, and I know you, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably haven't seen the video unless you're subscribed to him. Um, but uh, so I took some notes because I wanted to make sure I really understood what he was saying. And I'll, I'll give you the gist of his argument. Um, and this this applies to us. This is relevant to the Pantheon community, like I said. So Josh argues that um, those who think modern MMOs have become less social, sort of easier and generally lesser quality games are completely mistaken. His argument is that if you believe this, the reason you're dissatisfied with the genre is is because it's more about changes in your lifestyle than in the games itself, games themselves. Um, he suggests that being younger, having fewer responsibilities, um, and those are what created the positive association with the games. Um, and all those cherished memories you have, they were just because the game fit into your lifestyle at that time. So he, he sort of says they were like, the games were like binding agents. So really minimizing the the value of the game and more maximizing the what your was going on in your life at the time and he says in short mmos um of the past weren't that special and the current state of the genre is fine uh he, he here's a quote that sort of speaks directly to the pantheon community he says waiting for a new mmo to come out to recapture those memories isn't going to happen it was never about the game so obviously this was yeah, wow. yeah i had the same reaction right i had the same exact reaction i was like well, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I don't know if you're agreeing or disagreeing. I'm assuming you're disagreeing because I no. disagreed with this. No, you're no, agreeing I'm not. With I'm not disagreeing at all. I've said these things. Yeah, I've, well, I've said this a hundred times. You know, it's super funny. I, we tell people this. I don't know if they believe us. I say it all the time. People are like, shut up, minus. We get it. Um, I, we don't always read through each other's notes, right? Because like we kind of mm -hmm. want to be able to react. I am not kidding you. While I was sitting in the dark, Haya messaged me and he said, did you see the announcement for Diablo 2 Resurrected? Are you excited? I go, no. I said, Diablo 3 is better. I said, it's better in every way than Diablo 2. 
I'm like, people just played Diablo two for freaking ever because it took so long for Diablo three to come out. And they played it at a time where they had no responsibility and they played it so much. They became a master of it because they didn't have anything else to do. So they love it. I'm like, the game is not better. I'm like, and it's crazy to me because gamers keep pushing this remake culture. Blizzard just (laughs) announced Diablo two resurrection and burning crusade is coming out. They're literally reselling you the game you played before because your nostalgia tick is so high that you just you you want to relive that moment in your life. It's so crazy because I didn't read your content and I swear to you, I could show you my phone. And literally before we start recording, I was having that's this crazy. exact conversation with Haya. Well, that's it's, awesome. I, yeah, <laughs> You're, that's great. I mean, I, I didn't know what your opinion would be. I. So, okay. So the people in the comments agreed with you basically. I mean, and it's easy to agree when you watch a video like this and sort of, you want to agree with the person making the video, but, um, a lot of people said the same thing. Um, somebody said, um, I'll never be able to recapture the wonder I felt with my first MMO. I was young. I was curious and I needed something to cling to the fact that I can play the same game now and feel nothing is devastating, but I, but I grew up. I only hope that feeling can be passed on to next generation's players. Um, somebody else said, yes, this is definitely true. It's literally the ability to play uninterrupted for 12 to 15 hours with zero responsibilities that allows you to escape and live in the world. Most of us who are older now, like wives, children's jobs, homes, all that kind of stuff, uh, you can't fall into the world as deeply. And, uh, when, uh, things are constantly taking you out of it, he he kind of made me laugh. He says, even as I'm writing this comment, my wife literally asked me to help her with something. (laughs) I can't even write a comment anymore. (laughs) I've had that happen too, man. It totally like a hundred times I'm responding to something and I'm like, I can't even finish this without having something going on. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody else made a good point and I'll talk about this more in a second, but they said the only mistake this video make is saying that uh, because life was better, not just more accommodating for a lot of MMO players. They got into their first game because it was the exact opposite. This person says life was terrible for them, be it lack of friends or fulfilling goals. They needed an escape. MMOs provided all that and then and then some at the click of a button. Hell, I'm sure even uh, we've all met people that can flat out admit their guildmates were at one point the highlight of their days or mentors that gave them a reason to sort of continue on. And then the last one. Uh, the Wait, hold on. From- I want to respond to that. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that guy. I think that that's a very bad stereotype of people who played MMORPGs. I don't, okay. I really don't okay. agree with that. I don't think everybody who got lost in an MMO had a horrible life and was looking to escape reality. I think, I think that's kind of like the thing that media put on gamers back when we started playing, you know, like, like the violent games and we're escaping and trying to live these murderous dreams of mortal combat. Like that seems very outside in. And, and I'm sure there's people that that is the case for, but I mm-hmm. don't think that's the majority. I mean, me and you both played where we did. We, yeah. I didn't have a miserable life. I was escaping. I played it with my friends. I would yeah. at high school, talk to them about it. We'd go hang out. We'd game. And the other thing too, gaming when we were kids was more about sitting on a couch and playing with people. It was more social than it is now. I mean, sure you're playing online and online social is different from physical social by far. But like to me, like the people I played EverQuest with, I was the closest with. And sure, there were people I met online that I built relationships with. But I also played with a lot of my friends. I I don't think that's a fair statement. And I think that that's sort of mislabeling the MMO gamer quite a bit. It's interesting. OK, so I'll respond to that because I, I mentioned I, I talk about this in my in my uh, my thoughts on this. And it's one of the two reasons, one of the two sort of value beliefs that I think I disagree with what the video is saying here. Mm-hmm. and. When you say so, not every, like I said, not everyone had happy, enjoyable lifestyles when MMOs were more social and challenging. I mean, 
there are a lot of people, uh, you know, as we all do in life, go through ups and downs, you know, very difficult life experiences, whether that's family issues, whether that's changing, you know, uh, moving to a different place, you know, and having to make new friends, you know, people were, people are not always playing from a place of this is the best time of my life, right? A lot of people do play from a place or play MMOs from a place of I need an escape, I needed something. And it doesn't mean your life is bad. It just means that there was something missing. There was a gap that uh, MMOs were filling, right? So mm. it was a place people could turn to for relief from real world, real world issues. And it's and if MMO nostalgia is just memories from a time in your life uh, when you're enjoying life more, you're failing to understand why some pe- people socialize, right? People socialize at times for support and to help them get through those ups and downs, right? And I and I think that you know to say um, it's just rose colored glasses is is you know superficial in in a way. Um, and I think that's what the video I think is more saying is that it's really minimizing. The, the what's special about MMOs and the social experience and what that what, there is something really unique about that. Um, do, do you ever I, look at your kid and or kids or, or one of your children <laughs> and um, they get something simple and they're so happy and you're like, sure. and you think to yourself like, man, I wish I could be that excited about something like that again. Right. Yeah. Like, like even when they're smaller and they get a box, Remember when we got a box when we were a kid? We're like, oh man, this box is huge. We can do <laughs> when things you bought a with new this fridge box. and the box yeah. is like as big as they could build a fort in, yeah. Right? Like, how many times have you seen kids growing up and like, man, I wish I could be that excited? My daughter's excited because she sees a cow in the, you know, as we drive by the same farm, we drive by every single day to take her to school. And every time she sees a cow, she's excited. And we see a cow almost every day. Yeah. There, there is a there is something to that. It's, I think I agree with you when you say the term rose-colored glasses. I think that's a term that's been used to negatively look at that phenomenon, that phenomenon of uh, being more eager, being more excitable, being less jaded by life. But like, you know, it's weird. You can take that better comment a couple ways, right? Like there's definitely in some of the ways you're taking it and explaining it, I agree with you. And some of the way this guy's trying to say saying life was better is not the best thing. But society was better. (laughs) Society was way better before social media, when people actually had conversations and before people just said whatever they wanted without consequence as much as they do now. Now, like you can get into social issues and say some of the social issues were ignored and the snap, but this is a gaming show. We're not going to do that. But I think that like you know, we used to live in smaller worlds. So joining into a bigger world that was connected was exciting. But now everything's a big world. So like the MMO is Facebook is, you know, TikTok. Like before there was nothing like that. You had Internet yeah. chat rooms and you had EverQuest, right? It, it was. Yeah. It was taking that small town. Imagine living in a small town of 500 people and you're in EverQuest playing online. And now you're part of the world. You, you, yeah. you went from living in this small town nobody knows about to being in the world. But now everything's in the world. So the, the games like MMORPGs facilitated this being part of the bigger picture thing. I don't, and, and that's a big deal to me. We can't go back and experience that now. MMOs feel smaller now because the yeah, world around us is bigger. That's true. Yeah. The other um, the other part about this, and I'll give you the other sort of way that I supported my disagreement with this argument is that it really um, you could replace the way the video talks about it. <clears throat> you could replace an MMO with anything mm-hmm. that you enjoy doing. And so, like, let's say, for example, you have happy memories from a time when your lifestyle was different. 
um, that doesn't devalue what you were doing then during that period. If you were a kid and you enjoyed doing like building model airplanes, that was because you enjoyed building model airplanes, right? Yeah. Being a kid was, was a good time. You know, you're happier as a kid, like for all those reasons you mentioned about things that excite you. That's true, but there's something, there's an essence about what the, what you're doing. So building model airplanes, what if they stopped making model airplanes that you had to assemble yourself and now they came pre-assembled, right? What if they changed the essence of what the model airplane was? So you can't just say, well, it's just because you were a kid. That's why you enjoyed it. And you're like, well, no, I liked that. The activity that I was doing at the time, there is something special about old MMO design. And I, that's what I, my fundamental disagreement with this video is that it completely takes that out of the equation. There's an essence to the fundamental old style of MMO that's missing in the current genre. So, you know. So let me what bring you, up an interesting counterpoint that? to that. So that's yeah. a good point, right? Like you get, uh, I think models now are more complicated, which would push some of the people who built them back in the day away because like, ah, you know, back in the day we had this, this and that. Now it's like crazy complicated. Well, smaller parts and less, more technic, more technical yeah. uh, stuff, right? So I think about yeah. it this way. So let's say at any given time, you know, EverQuest had a million people playing, which is probably yeah. overshooting it, right? Um, yeah. But they had a million people playing. So we were the million. We loved it. This is the best. Well, then WoW came out and had 15 million people playing. Why is our experience better as 1 million saying this is the best versus the 15 million that are saying this is the best? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he does make a good point where he's saying, you know, like you've got a lot of modern games where people are having those experiences now mm -hmm. that we had back then, you know, and, 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 it, and so it's whose fine. fault is it? Right. So like if, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, I apologize. I'll let you finish point, but you just, you said something so great there. Like, so whose fault is it? Is it, we, we are so as people, we want to blame everyone else. So when, when that exact argument you're bringing up is that all those people are having the experiences we used to have with the current games and we're like, oh, these current games suck. We're like, we're curmudgeons sitting on the porch, right? <laughs> like, oh, damn kids these days. Yeah, a little bit. So, and we sit there and all of us, we say, oh, it's Blizzard. Oh, it's ArenaNet. It's their fault. But yet everyone's having the same fun that we used to have when we were their age, playing it like crazy, like we used to. And we're sitting here blaming the game company who's making something people love, but we don't. So F them. <laughs> like, so whose fault is it? It's ours. Like adapt, change, evolve. Right. It's like it's like if, if you were going to do a research paper or further your education right now, are you going to pull out the old Encyclopedia Britannica to try to learn? Or are you going to go on the Internet? You're going to evolve. You can't just yeah. use the old encyclopedias anymore. You know, and, a, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it always just comes back to a question of, <clears throat> you know, whether it's evolved in a good way or a bad way, you know, like <clears throat> you can you can make that you can you can ask that question of a lot of different things, you know, have things changed. You said earlier, you know, society is worse now than it was back then. You know, you're yeah. sort of making the same argument, but the opposite way, you know, saying, uh, things have, things haven't evolved in society. They've, they've devolved. And yeah, that's but at what the people same are time, with though, MMOs. Yeah, but I agree hundred percent. And we see it, right. Cause we yeah. lived before and after, but yeah. the people who've only lived during, they don't, yeah. it doesn't look different. Yeah. Well, that's what the first person, I think the comment I included was talking about passing on to generations, mm -hmm. what old designed MMOs used to be like, because they don't have that. They haven't had the chance to experience that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that there's something there too. So. 
it's a really good discussion. I enjoyed the video, even though I disagreed with it. And I like our discussion here. I think it's really interesting. So, you know, if you're listening in chat, what do you think? You know, have it have, you know, is there something fundamentally uh, lost um, that we're just not seeing? Or, you know, why do MMO, why are we not having fun playing MMOs these days? <laughs> you know, it is a great Maybe discussion, but, but didn't we just have a lot of fun playing EverQuest 2? True. True. Absolutely. Right. Can't argue with that. But there's, there's, there's some, there's some old roots to that game, right? It's got, mm, it's we got were in an instance dungeon. We were in an instance dungeon with crazy spell effects, mass pulling enemies. It's uh, we didn't die the, at all. Yeah. It's closer than Guild Wars 2 is. And it's well, 10 years older Guild than Wars, Guild Wars 2. Yeah. Guild Wars 2 is a bad example, obviously. But I'm yeah. saying like, if you had all those things in Pantheon, people would throw a fit. Yeah. But some. with a group of people to play, with having fun, without setting these ridiculously high standards and going back to the core that we used to play games with without without these super expectations and these big, bold memories that we have to live up to. We went into EverQuest 2 like we did as kids going into EverQuest 1. Blind, let's just have some fun, make the most fun out of the time. And when we did that, we enjoyed it. I can agree with that. Right. I don't know. All it's right. interesting because like I said, literally was having this conversation like and, and what's happening is they're put, so this is like a freaking weird time warp we're getting stuck in because everyone thinks it's the game. So now we're seeing less games innovate forward and go backwards. So we're killing evolution where World of Warcraft's putting out a classic server and the Burning Crusade is coming out again. And, you know, is Nintendo just going to put Mario Brothers 1 out again for us? Like, well, it's we're, we're, though, there's this yeah. very dangerous thing happening where uh, the money I, to be made is just, it's like remakes. Like, do you like remakes in movies typically? Some, some, not How all. often. I don't know. If they remade Back to the Future, would you be excited for that? Or be like, uh, no, probably not. I mean, I don't know. They're like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example and I can't come up with one, but it, it going back and re going back to an old formula. Isn't doesn't necessarily, it's not always a bad thing. You know, sometimes you got it right the first time. That's, you know, sometimes you try new things and you iterate it and it, it just went down a path that wasn't a good path. You know, that's where Maybe. I think I, that's where I end up. I don't know. I just, I'm not a big going backwards type of person. Yeah. Like I'm going to go forward, just, push forward, figure out the mistakes, try to fix the future. Don't just go back and, and live in the past. I don't know. Like, you know, we've talked a lot. I don't like to replay games very much. Like I'll play it. I'll experience it yeah, and move yeah. on. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm not a nostalgia guy. I'm really See, not. I am. I am a nostalgia person. I enjoy like, nostalgia. Like, I won't go back and listen to the music I listened to when I was a kid as much. Like, I don't right. go back and listen to, um, you know, like Chumbawamba. <laughs> but, but when it was out, I love that album. Like, yeah, I'm admitting it right now. I love that album. Right? Like, I won't go back and listen to, like, Tori Amos. <laughs> when I used to listen to that back in the day or Joan Osborne, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to go listen to that. So I'll put it on for a second, but I'm not going back and digging into their, you know, I'm not going back and listening to poison very often. I'll listen to a song and then I'm moving forward. Right. Like hey, there's man, definitely the cat dragged in is classic, classic <laughs> music. All right. Don't, and, don't be knocking poison now. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely like, so there's the, 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 
pre-era of stuff that you listen to and you are, then you evolve into who you are. Right. And then you stay in who you are. So like, I still listen to the Deftones. I listen to Blink-182. I am, I'm, I listen to Papa Roach. So what happened is there was this core of music that I listened to before I discovered myself. And I don't really go back and listen to that, even though I used to listen to it. Then I discovered myself and I really developed. And it has to do a lot with age and time of your life and signifying that era of growing up and moving forward. And that music sticks with you. Right. For that music, like I said, Blink-182, the first Eminem album, Static X, um, that new metal, pop punk, Metallica Black album. Like that stuff is big to me because the time period, the memories, the the evolution of myself and then everything after it's okay, And I know what I like more, but nothing kind of lives up every once in a while. You get like 21 Pilots comes up and I'm like, wow, these guys are really talented. I get really into them, but it won't be the same as discovering like melancholy and infinite sadness back when I was a kid that literally changed my entire music perspective, which I'll still listen to because it was a lasting impact on building me. And if you think about it, like as people, we have the youth side where we're just learning and taking in everything and not really like becoming something. And then we have that moment in our life where like it's really defining like that, that high school, college era is like super defining. And then you, you don't grow as much in as much as defining goes as you grow older. You sort of just wish for those that best time. And I'm not going to say you can't have a best time later, but I think that's what happens with things like EverQuest. Like there were games before EverQuest and they were good. And then EverQuest came at a lot of times and look at the age groups that we're in, right? Like, and look at the era that the gaming happened. A lot of us hit like a peak in anything we've ever seen before. And there weren't a lot of options. And what happened after it is it just branched out into all this stuff and it became almost overwhelming to be like, where do I go next? Now I'm just going to stay here. It's just, and I'm ranting like crazy here, but do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like there are, there are moments of our life where the impact lives forever because it's the biggest moment of our growth or biggest moment of memories and best times of our life, quote unquote. And I think EverQuest was in that realm for a lot of people. Yeah, that, yeah. I think you just made up. You made the point of the video very, very clearly and precisely. That's what the video is trying to get across. So <laughs> we'll leave it there and we'll move on because that was uh, that was well said. And uh, we do need to move forward, as it were. It's gonna be um, a long episode. <laughs> yes, it is gonna be a long episode. That's okay. We got some introductions though. Uh, new members of the community uh, stopped in. So first up was uh, Diabolu, and uh, they're on the forums, and he, they said, "Good morning, Pantheon. Uh, tuning in for the ride." Played EverQuest back with some friends from 2000 onwards. I had a lot of fun. It was a huge part of my life back then. Finally dipping back into gaming, built a new PC. Uh, past highlights would have been taking down Nagafin, one of my favorite raids ever. Um, I ran a Dark Elf Mage as my main, Epic 2.0, regular raids, lots of fun, and a Rogue as an alt, grouping with friends. So I think they said they're going to play a Dark Mirror Summoner and uh, looking forward to it. Next up was uh, Slider, and they said, Hi all, Slider Silverhand here, reporting for duty, long-term MMO player, usually at my best when I'm playing melee support, CC classes of the current classes. Enchanter is the closest one to my preferred playstyle. But if there's a melee counterpart to it built in, uh, uh, built, if there's a melee counterpart to it in a build that I don't know about, feel free to point me. Either way, well met, and may our paths cross soon. The next one was from Adon, Adon Hiram, he just goes by Adon. He says, elemental greetings, dear fellow citizens of Terminus. Allow me to introduce myself. Um, I am, like many of you, a former EQ player, obviously a mage, and this 
for 20 years from 2000 to 2020 with some interruptions. Uh, they've been in several guilds. They said Blind Guardians on the Burtok server, Hands of Doom on uh, Antonia Bale, Darkwind Core Tempest on Ragefire, and briefly End of Time X on uh, Rizlona. So they're still in touch with some of their Darkwind guildies and hope they will move to Pantheon too. And then last uh, but not least, Christio said, my first MMO was EQ1 in 2002. I recently left. I had recently left the service in the U.S. Navy and had a lot of free time on my hands. First login as a barbarian shaman was a thirty-hour play session. <laughs> I left EQ one uh, for EQ two. Oh man, do you remember that first day? Yeah, actually, I do very well. So, yeah, yeah. Like, sure I never wanted to stop right outside Freeport, like yeah. killing bats and rats and snakes, and like this is the craziest thing ever. I know. I don't think I'd ever Look, been there's like people my running internet. around. Yeah, no, my internet connection had never been like on for that long before. You know, because I dial up at the time. Uh, I just remember being like, hey, can I have your credit card? Why? (laughs) Um, Well, the scheme has a subscription I have to pay. My grandma was so cool. She's like, sure, here. Don't tell your grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't ask how much it is, just says, yeah, "Yeah, sure. (laughs) No problem. Uh, so uh, Christio says, I left EQ1 for EQ2 when it launched 2004 and played that for 12 years. After that, I've played many MMOs, Vanguard being uh, the one that I thought had the most potential. Heard about Pantheon uh, on EQ Flames in 2016, been following on and off. Recently went in and made a pledge. I'm a follower of Basgrim, Nathan, and Pantheon Plus. If they put anything on Pantheon related, I'm watching to keep up to date. So looking forward to jumping in and exploring Terminus for years to come with a good group of folks. So welcome, everyone, and uh, go over and stop in on the forums and say hi to them if you like. And that's it for this week's Community Discussions. Controversy. Or is it? All right, so we've done a couple of these controversy or is it's, and typically we look at the community and we say the community is putting up on arms and this is what they think. And is it controversy or not? Well, a little different today, Theric. I am kind of waving my hands in a flag saying, hey, I think there's controversy here. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting myself all worked up, like on my own, with no other push from the community, you or anybody else. <laughs> I'm I'm concerned. And I think I'm I, I have a good point here, but we're gonna have the community to decide is this controversy or not? And obviously you yourself as well. So let me get into this. And Theric, I think maybe the best way to handle it is just let me kind of get this all out. It's a little long. And then maybe just give you the floor. Then we'll communicate a bit. But then we want to know if the community thinks that Minus is just freaking crazy. And I think that's the way they're going to go, Theric, because this is something that's probably a pretty hyped topic right now. But I'm I'm really worried, man. So you ready for this? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, hit me, man. So remember, controversy or not is Minus freaking crazy. Maybe I am. So before I begin, I want to openly say that this is something I've been feeling very personal about this month, and it's gotten me concerned. Now, I'm speaking on this for myself and myself only. Anyone who's followed me knows that I welcome others' opinions, and I don't think my opinion is the only valid one. This sounds like I'm really going to get into something deep here, huh? I also want to make sure that everyone knows that I think Nefel has done an outstanding job in communicating with the community diving headfirst into crafting and talking about how important it's going to be. Nothing I say here or the opinions I give are directed towards him at all because he's doing great for the reason he's there and it's been amazing. 
I say all this before I begin because I know what I'm about to say is going to affect some people negatively. I have never and will never make content just for controversy. And I seldom take a strong stance or draw a line in the sand. In this debate, it may come off that way. While shutting my mouth and just giving high fives and keeping the hype train for Pantheon would probably be the easiest decision and create much less friction, if I'm not honest about my feelings on things, then I really don't see any reason that you guys should follow any of the content I make. If I'm going to come out here and say how great things are and how happy and excited I am, then I damn well better be. And if I'm upset, I can't just ignore that. Or if I'm worried, I can't just ignore that. I think it's important as a content creator to be someone who is honest. So there's going to be a lot of strong counterpoints to the views I'm about to make, and I welcome them absolutely entirely. But here's the only thing I ask. For the next few minutes, just indulge me as I go on a bit of a concern rant. So I'd like to start with a paraphrase recap of what was said during the early portions of the roundtable on crafting that we saw at the beginning of the month by crafting designer Nafel. And here's basically what he said. He said, crafting needs to be an integral part of the game. It needs to mesh with every other system and be its own system. Crafting and adventuring needs to be symbiotic. We don't want people saying loot should be better or crafting should be better. We want to make sure that one side isn't prioritized over the other. So to begin with, this quote worries me a bit. I'm going to go more in depth on this point with more direct quotes in a little bit here as I kind of go through some quotes and then give my opinion. Um, now, listen, I personally am always going to view crafting as a subsystem for an MMORPG, not a core system. And not every element can be a core system. And personally, I believe that crafting specifically in an MMORPG is a secondary system. It's kind of like when your boss at work says everything's a priority. That's impossible. <laughs> Everything can't be a priority. If we were talking about a survival game, then I would change and say crafting in a survival game, which is a huge topic right now, is a core system. For a long time, I've talked about how we've wanted to add all these elements from other genres into MMORPGs and that it's watering down core experiences. Now, in my opinion, I feel like the core experience should have the highest level of priority, and that should be standalone the adventuring system. This includes the danger of the world, leveling, class play, group play, and basically everything related to mob, hunting, killing, avoiding, etc. This core has been lost since games like EverQuest or Vanilla WoW because it's the focus is taking off of this core experience. And it's being put into making other systems just as important. The statement above worries me because I'm a firm believer that the best loot should come from the hardest battles, not from crafting professions. I think crafting holds a very strong place in the world of an MMORPG, but again, I believe as a secondary system. Crafting has always sort of been a way to lessen the gap between players who adventure more casually, or softcore, which is not a bad thing, that's a lot of the players, with a smaller group of people versus an organizer hardcore guild who are farming all the hard-to-get items, the rarest items, and bosses. So saying that they should be equal to me is very dangerous. Make no mistake, I feel like I have to clarify this as you guys are giving me this moment to chat. I'm not saying it can't evolve from that. And I'll get to that point in just a moment. Next, I'd like to read some things, again, sort of paraphrase, but they're on point, from the recent interview that Disparate Worlds did on YouTube, uh, which was a great interview, by the way. And if you haven't, check it out. I put links in the comments. So here's some things. So the team at Disparate Worlds asked... Um, they were talking about keeping items for what seemed like a long time was a goal in Pantheon and not seeing upgrades as often. So Nafel chimed in first and said, there'll be progression, but it's not as level banded. 
Other games you may know are getting a new sword every five levels or so. Maybe you've gotten a sword 12 levels ago and decide maybe it's time to upgrade. It's more organic and stratified like in other games. More organic than stratified like it is in other games. Joppa jumped in and he said, it's not that you wouldn't have a weapon that you would use forever because that's not how it's set up or how it should be set up, but it's about not creating a conveyor belt of upgrades. You have an experience between crafting and adventuring where you can acquire items that are very powerful to work through greater and greater level ranges. And you don't want to upgrade it because you're excited and you just want to keep it. Joppa says they also that adventuring components are just as hard to get the item themselves to create these awesome items like off boss drops, for example. So getting those components, he's saying. He said he hopes that the crafting spear is going to create iconic weapons like drops have done in prior games. That's a weird phrase to me. Like crafting makes an item just as good as a really rare drop, right? That's what he's saying. So where it ties in, I believe Pantheon is going to be hard um, is trying so hard in a sense to make items meaningful that we're going to see a lot of gaps in gear upgrading and adventuring as is. In this example, Nafel says 12 levels between upgrades, and it's just purely an example. And then Joppa says maybe it's more frequently, but it's not going to be this conveyor belt of every five levels that they kind of were talking about. They talk about weapons being so powerful that you want to keep them and tie crafting into the mix. So if items are this rare, which I kind of disagree with, that we're only upgrading every so often, where does crafting fit in? Are we now losing more dropped items for the sake of adding in craftable components to make crafting part of the core experience? Are we uh, getting less usable items in loot tables now because of that? It feels like if these are to be symbiotic, then adventuring kind of has to drop from what we expect to be able to bring crafting up to make it more important. It almost feels like if you're playing an MMORPG, and I know we've all been through this before, and your class is like really fun and powerful and all the other classes start start complaining, typically you don't see the weaker classes get improved. You know, you don't see 11 other classes get improved by the developer so that everybody's at the level of you. No, you get nerfed, right? Like your class gets taken down a notch. Now the people at the bottom aren't complaining anymore and the gap is lesser by making one fix. It feels like Pantheon is striving so hard to make crafting this hugely important and again, equal to adventuring, adventuring, that it will come at the detriment of adventuring. It's also worth noting that Pantheon has stated time and time again that leveling is going to be longer and more meaningful. And I'll get into that in more depth in a moment here, because think of this statement of a weapon for 10 levels. In a standard MMORPG, they're saying that you replace gear every five levels or so, as they were kind of just stating and kind of just guessing at, right? It's, it's hypothetical. So if the standard MMO replaces like that, and then Pantheon wants to do 10 or 15 levels, we have to take into consideration that the time between Pantheon's 10 and 15 levels is massively more longer than 10 levels or 15 levels in a modern MMORPG. So compound that of that we're not going to get level, we're not going to get gear every five levels to replace, or we may not, and we're going to have to wait longer, and then these levels are even in themselves longer. Um, so a couple more notes, and I'm going to get back into this point. And sorry if I'm boring you, I will wrap this up soon, I promise. So Joppa then discussed how important item identity is and how deeply he's invested in items. Not a huge problem. He discusses right away the rubicite arm or breastplates, for example. And he's talking about items that last for 20 years because you remember it, right? Being able to talk about them later and how exciting they are. And I don't disagree with that. That's a great point. Joppa asks, is crafting parasitic to this? So he brings this point up himself. Is the crafting system and the diversity of how to build items going to hurt item identity? 
He says Joppa then says he really doesn't believe so because of how much risk comes with getting these drops or items. So now again, we have this risk and this difficulty to get these drops from these these creatures maybe that we would otherwise get gear from. Are we not going to get gear? Is is the loot table going to change to support crafting? Because again, we're not getting constant things to upgrade. And finally, he said that the crafting sphere is going to see, uh, he's going to create iconic weapons again, like drops have. So just to reiterate what we talked about, I don't see how crafting doesn't hurt item identity. Like imagine if the short sword of Yakisha didn't drop in EverQuest, but instead you got the hilt. And then you had to take that to a crafter with different components. You could create all sorts of variations of the Akisha. At that point, does the item still have the identity it once did? Sure, the crafter could simply make the Akisha as is with no modifications, and there you go. But that's not what they're striving for in Pantheon. You're going to be able to use different materials and different elements to be able to change the item. So very similar to games like Diablo, you're going to have these prefixes and these different names of the item to kind of tell you what it does. So is the durable, flaming, cold steel short sword of the Akisa as important when it could also maybe be the sharp silver short sword of the Akisha as well? Now, Joppa hints at wondering if crafting in this manner could be parasitic to item identity and the risk of getting components will make up for that. And I just don't know that I agree with that. Like, let's get to some final quotes and I'm going to wrap up and give my co-pilot here a chance to destroy my argument. <laughs> but Sakari then talks about best in slot and he asks what's the vision um, for VR to be about diversity? So what's the approach of, you know, combat mathing out best in slot? So Nafel says diversity is about making a ton of valuable choices and options, forks in the road. Crafting wants to be set up within craft, uh, like crafting wants to be set up within this realm to mitigate these forks in the road, to be able to have different options, right? And it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Joppa says the best in slot only exists in how the best in any given situation so if only intelligence matters in regards to stats and NPCs are only there to take damage, then you move further and further into a best in slot because it's easy to design for most encounters that way. And that's a great point. He then says designing layers of complexity to change for different needs in different areas is going to help get away from best in slot. So where am I going with this? How does this fit into the argument? Well, he says that the base attribute system being so potent, which I love, is going to help this. And he says this following quote, rather than letting levels do a majority of the work. And this is maybe where I got the most worried. So there's some great points here about having stats be complex. But if a majority of the stats come from gear and leveling itself is lessened, as he states, and I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything, but it's lessened, right? Not letting levels do a majority of the work, then are we going to feel stronger when we're level 10 in the same set of gear than we are at level 15 in that same set of gear? Doesn't this make upgrading gear even more important if we need to improve our stats with gear? Because from what I've heard, we're not going to just get stats every level. So if drops are going to be lesser and there's going to be more choices due to crafting, isn't identity of items once again hurt? Now, I'm not advocating against crafting. But what I'm advocating against is that crafted gear should replace or substitute dropped gear. I'm also extremely against long periods of time between upgrades, especially when leveling is longer and seems to have less impact on the player's overall growth and power growth than stats does. So at this point, it seemingly, again, just comes from the gear. Feeling equal in power, and again, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but feeling equal in power at level 10 and 15 to me 
does not mean leveling is important or impactful as is in the tenants. So there should be more items, in my opinion, in the loot tables that are usable and achievable, not less. Not to fight for item identity and certainly not to enhance the need for crafting to take center stage. I think crafting should complement dropped items, not replace them. Allow me to use crafting to increase the power of iconic dropped items, not replace them in dropping from the loot tables. I know this is a multi-pronged concern that really ties into dropped items, crafting importance, gear upgrading, but I think it's a really important decision. And I'm honestly, for the first time, I'm really worried about the path that VR is taking on this. So, Theric, there's a lot there. Really, this comes down to itemization and having a bunch of different gear you can get, having proper time to upgrade, meaningful levels and increase from feeling your power as you fight through these long levels and meaningful levels and mid-gameplay. Am I crazy here? What do you think? Yeah, well, I I don't agree with, with, I mean, I understand your concerns and I hear what you're saying. Um, I don't think it's a controversy and I'm not concerned about it in the same way for sure. Um, I think what it boils down to and the key thing that I think you sort of, the, the point you made in several different of your prongs of your argument was that these crafting drops are going to replace items dropping. And I'm looking at it in a different way. I'm looking at it more, like you said, as a complimentary, or I think maybe somebody else said as a complimentary way. So you're always going to have, you know, items dropping. Crafting drops being in, integrated into that equation is, is something that's being additive. It's being brought into the equation. It's not replacing and it's not, uh, it's not um, supplement or uh, superseding adventuring drops in any way. You know, I think the idea here is that you want to have um, a, a vector for people to experience Pantheon with a very uh, with a crafting system that doesn't make them feel like second-class citizens. And I hear what you're saying that, you know, you don't see adventuring and crafting on the same level. Uh, and I don't think that, I don't think they will be on the same level. And I don't think that's what, I, I know what, in the very beginning you quoted, um, you know, talking about them being um, sort of uh, equal in in some way. But I, I don't think that's ever going to truly be the case just because of the nature of the type of game it is. But, but putting crafting, elevating crafting and evolving the crafting genre, the, the crafting aspect of the game to sort of come up to adventuring is not a bad thing. And I don't think it takes away from the from the adventuring part of it. Um, you know, you talked about drops. You know, what would the ratio would be OK if if you've got a raid boss that drops two really cool items, you know, and then two really cool crafting components? You know, is that it? Or are we looking at situations where some mobs only drop, you know, items and only drop crafting stuff? You know, where's that ratio? Where's that balance? That's a tuning thing and a testing thing. And I think that that has to sort of be, you know, worked out long term. I don't think they and 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 the other point I'll make here, and, and I won't talk for much longer because I don't want to go on forever, but I do want to say that what we've seen of their crafting system is very basic. You know, you can't um, you know, look at all the, the the development that's gone into the adventure side of things and then There's compare still that to a lot what, more to go. Yeah, Still there a is, lot more but to a go, lot's man. been done. And look at what we've seen of crafting. We've seen basically nothing. They've talked about mm-hmm. it a lot lately. Um, they've shown a tiny little bit. Um, if they want to get to alpha this year, you know, I, I, I don't see how crafting evolves into this way that they're talking about it. So I'm, I'm sort of making two counter arguments. One, I don't think the 
items. I don't think it degrades. I don't think it's parasitic. I think Joppa used that term fairly well there. Not a parasitic system. And two, I don't think that even if they were to go on this grand crafting, you know, vision quest to make it this thing that they're talking about, um, it's it's not getting there anytime soon. And they're going to be faced with some pretty tough choices if they if there's sort of this is the implementation that they're going to go ahead with. They're never going to get to alpha this year with a crafting system that's like what they're talking about. Um, and I just don't see it as a realistic milestone, I guess. So, it, it, you know, if you if that is the case if they were to delay, you know, or push the the project timeline back further. Yeah, then you've got, then I'll get on board with the, with the real concerns and real uh, issues with the scope of the project and, and what we're actually, you know, what we're doing, you know, and how long this is going to go on for, because the way they've described crafting is definitely a big thing. And, and but I, I really think that if we're thinking realistically about it, you know, it's, it's very much at a lower level right now than, than any other aspect of the game's development. So. Uh, I'm not there with you, um, and I don't have the concerns that you do. I think crafting is an, an important part of MMOs, like you said, and you're not disagreeing with that. I know what you're saying. Thank you for you're saying, saying that because I was going to have to jump in and be like, Therick, please don't give people the ammo to say that I'm trying to take no. crafting out. No, Again, that's that. kind of why, like, at the beginning of this argument, I said, guys, like, you can you can have your different opinions. You can get really mad at me. I'm fine with all that, but just please listen to what I'm saying first. What I'm saying is, is that the core of what is missing is that group play, class interdependency, difficulty, dangerous worlds, climates, adventuring, climbing, right? All these things that are the core of Pantheon is what's been missing. We have games with great crafting systems. We have games with complicated crafting systems. You know, those are important. Just because I say something is secondary doesn't mean it's not important. My second favorite sport is very important to me. My second favorite band is very important to me. All I'm saying is, is that what's really missing from MMORPGs are the things that when the game was designed, it was designed originally from sitting around a D&D tabletop, right? And you yeah. wanted to take it into a 3D world and be able to do that experience where the game was like the dungeon master, and in my opinion, that's when it was most fun. And correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I know there'll be a ton of D&D fans out there that are like, no, you're wrong. I, I've never played D&D or watched D&D where someone's like, hi, I am a, I make furniture. <laughs> yeah. These are cool pieces of the world. And again, remember, make worlds, not games. So that's a great argument against me. It's a cool piece of the world. But the reason we're playing the game is for the adventure. And these side pieces can enhance the adventure, but they can't go past the adventure. They can be there to support it. Not everybody is a crafter. The crafting community is large, but it's not over 50%. The hardcore crafters are not a bigger group than the adventurers. They're not. And that doesn't demean them. And I'm not saying that to demean them. I'm saying it's because it's a part of the game that some people really enjoy. Right. And there's this this almost cancel culture group of people who are so crafting that they want to say, well, you know, MMORPGs shouldn't just be about combat anymore or shouldn't just be about adventure. It's almost like they're trying to cancel culture the core element of what makes this game genre good. Those people would hold on, hold on, hold on. Those people should go play survival games where that is exactly what they'll be able to do. 
like Valheim right now. You're you can be the greatest crafter in the world. And it's so meaningful because the game is built around that, right? Like there's genres to achieve that. That's not what the MMORPG genre is to me. Yeah, I, I think that's a bit of a, a bit of a extreme stance. I'm not sure about that. I, well, just to say that crafters are, are the cancel culture. I didn't say all of them. I said there's a. I said, I, listen, this is what gets me in trouble when yeah, people get generic get with trouble. the very specific words I'm using. That there is a small subset of hard hardcore crafters that say it shouldn't just be about adventuring and killing anymore. Look, like here's that the they thing. wanted to bring that down. So again, yeah, just I'm I'm just trying to be careful here because I know I'm going to take a bunch of shit for this. I just want to make sure that when I take shit, it's for the things I say, not for the stuff I didn't say. <laughs> so yeah, you know what the the whole idea in in my mind is is they want to make <clears throat> the crafters and the crafting community engaged with the adventurers. It's a social game. They want people interacting. They want dependency, and they want people having to work together to accomplish tasks, feats, great journeys together right so bring the crafters in make them linked in with the adventurers and 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 fuse that into that's that's the uh, that's the vision that i think the the artistic vision they have for for crafting in its place in pantheon i, and could be totally I want wrong. that too yeah. without taking anything away from the core well if i, think I have to bring that. the if i have to bring the core down to bring crafting up to meet it somewhere in the middle, I'm not happy. And if I'm, if it means that we don't see as much loot as we're accustomed to and we're not having that carrot and it's not as exciting and we're not feeling power more often and we're not, you know, replacing items often and, and getting 10 levels takes three months and we haven't replaced an item and we haven't grown in real power. That's a problem to me. And I'm not saying crafting is completely the reason for that. The reason crafting is a part of this conversation today is because it's a piece of what brought this concern of mine to the forefront where we're talking about, you know, these using crafting as this middle ground when you're not going to really increase items much and you're going to have like, I think it was even said at one point, like, well, maybe you want a, a weapon that does a lot of damage, but then maybe you just want a weapon that does stats. Like who doesn't want a weapon that does a ton of damage? Like, <laughs> it's so like you're balancing like damage and that might have just been a misquoted way of saying it. So I'm not going to hold anyone responsible for that quote, but it was like it, it, damage versus stats. Like, OK, well, that doesn't make any sense. One of them is going to do more damage and you're going to take that one. Maybe the stats give it more damage because the stats are more important. But again, it just comes down to this. Do you th- would you let's take everything else out? I just want to ask you one question and we'll wrap this up And community. Hit me up. Hit me. Hit me hard if you want. But please hit me hard for the things I'm meaning here. I'm, I'm not saying get rid of crafting. I'm not saying don't support the crafters. I'm just saying it can't come at the expense of adventuring. Here's the last thing, Therk. Okay. Are you OK with a level 10 player and a level 15 player wearing the same gear feeling pretty much equally powerful? Um, No, no. I want and I'm not saying feel, that's going to happen, but that's what yeah. I'm gathering from this. Well, I, no, I, they shouldn't feel equally powerful. The level 15 should obviously feel more powerful, but powerful in different through different means, I guess is what I would say. Right. What if the level 10 feels powerful because he got a really cool crafting material dropped and he got a crafter to make him a super sweet sword for his level and the level 15 feels powerful because they got uh, you know, they they were in a dungeon and something, an item dropped that they were they were seeking after, right? I, I, mm. I just I think that there's different avenues to mm. feeling powerful, and crafting can be one of them. Fair point. 
What do you guys think? Okay. Controversy or not? I'm not going to weigh in because obviously it's my controversy. So, <laughs> all right. And that's it for controversy or not. So let's move forward. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it gets here, I just yell. Mail. We're getting sued. Okay. So we're in the mailbox and we're going to answer a couple questions. I know we've gone long this week, so we'll try and uh, we'll try and keep her keep her brief here. Um, first question was from uh, Lucille, our gnome enchanter, uh, and they said, "What would you think of multiple named spawns at many different levels that required being under a certain level to do anything that causes hate uh, to them?" So basically, saying you know if you're you know over a certain level, you can't do anything to aggro a mod, right? So sort of controlling who can. Who can who can engage with them? Um, minus, why don't you start with this one? What do you think about that? Again, I'll be short because this is a long episode. I don't like it. I think that um, there's a really important part of going somewhere, getting your face wrecked by something, and getting so angry like I'm coming back to get you, and then you get powerful enough to come back and like put it in its place. There's that really yeah. good feeling. That's true. That is, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't thought of that. You're right. I was thinking. I was thinking more along the lines of, um, you know, this is one of those technical problems that needs a social solution you know it's a social problem that needs a social social solution instead of a technical solution so i like incentivizing players to help other players you know promoting helpful behavior in some way um you know player sort of uh, reputation comes back to that of course and then just sort of having that stick to somebody so that that's where i would go with that but um i understand the i understand the idea i think it, it all comes from the you know i'm a low level i need to go into this dungeon to progress and there's all these high levels killing everything i need yeah. what do we do yeah, to stop yeah. it? that's that's the argument definitely um so jj and i'm not going to make you answer this one i had to include it in Pietra, that's right so jj said since crafting is the big topic as of late you can expect foods such as breads, ales, etc. But thinking outside the box, what are some obscure foods and other craftable items in Pantheon that you'd like to see? So I won't make you. My, I won't make, make you answer. I'll answer. My, I'll answer. Go ahead. Okay. I'll answer. I had a quick one though, and it's kind of a fun one because I, I'm going to take a jab at you, and I think I, I'd have to go <laughs> with um, salt because you're very salty about the subject. So I think I think we should all craft some salt and give it to minus when we log into Pantheon the first time. Wow. Say it's specially crafted salt just for you. Doing me dirty. Doing me dirty. <laughs> I was going to be all nice. Listen, here's the thing. I love crafting for consumables. I love okay. crafting for enhancements. Remember when you'd put like studs on your armor to give it more like stamina or something like that? Or you sharpen your sword to give it plus a couple damage? I love all that stuff. What I have a problem with is replacing drops. Those things don't ever need to drop. Those can all be crafted. So for me, just the generic answer, I would love to see a really fun ale system that comes with like going back again to D and D like flaws that come with it to get benefits. I think that would be (laughs) so fun guys. I got this alcohol. It's giving me tons of strength, but uh, every once in a while I'm going to fall over. You guys have to pick me (laughs) up or, you know, just like it it would be really cool to have like a really in-depth alcohol system or like wine and beer and ale and all this stuff that like has all these negatives, but you get some positives too. I think that would be a blast. So what you don't want to see is a raid bro- raid boss that drops, say, a stein of beer or a, a bag of salt or something like that. That's not what you're looking for. <laughs> no. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, and then might be okay with them dropping beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Good to know. The last one is from our buddy Gula Gulo. And they said, how would you punish people who repeatedly abuse the in-game reporting system? What do you Ban think? them. Yeah. If you, if you report a bunch of people and you have a record of reporting and none of it comes to fruition, you get banned. Easy. You know what? 
I totally agree. And you know what it's like? It's like people who call 911 when their cat climbs up a tree, you know, or for something stupid. It's like these people, they should be charged. They should be prosecuted, yeah. you know, <laughs> throw them in jail. These people suck. They're wasting so many resources. I can't imagine what it must be like to be a, a customer service person working in an MMO. And then you get like, these yeah. ridiculous reports from people constantly, you know, like this person did something. I don't like it. You know, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> I love that Kill voice. Kill me now. I love, we, that voice needs to come up more on the rewind right there. I should have read that story earlier in that voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, anyway, everybody, that, yeah, that, that's it that's for the, the rewind. Mailbox. This is the marathon Rewind, 100, and, 100, not 100, an hour and 25 plus minutes, it looks like, for this episode. We won't do it often, but there's a lot to talk about. And I'm going to get roasted. I'm going to get killed here. The crafters are all going to say, I want crafting removed because you did it, Theric. I'm blaming you for that. You <laughs> you took my words and you turned them into absolutes, even though I said it wasn't. So I'm going to get beat up and I'm going to be the bad guy again. And everyone's going to yeah. love Theric, but just listen to my words, guys. Like, listen to what my concerns are. It's not necessarily crafting. It's just... There's a core system to MMORPGs for a reason and it needs to be adventuring. And I'm firm in that. And it doesn't take anything away from crafting saying that. Like, honestly, it doesn't. Like, there's games out there where the core experience is crafting. And I wouldn't tell you to make adventuring more important in that genre. So, I don't know. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Leave your comments. As always, beat me up if you want. If you agree with me, awesome. Let me know that too, because there's not going to be as many, I don't think. But uh, I'm concerned. I hope that my concerns are not true. But other than that, it's a great episode. We had a lot of fun talking about other things, not just my concerns. So uh, thank you guys for checking out the Rewind for this long edition. We promise we won't do this to you often to get you back to your day. Theric, as always, amazing job. And thank you for everything, buddy. Yeah, no problem. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Be sure to follow Minus and all Pantheon Plus related content on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube under the name Pantheon Plus. Also, be sure to follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter. Keep up to date on all Pantheon Rise of the Fallen information on www.pantheon.plus, the definitive source for all media of Pantheon. Until next time.